welcome to The Animated Journey, a podcast featuring interviews with animation professionals working in television, film, and games. I'm your host, Angela Ensminger. And I'm Jeff Schutze. And we're very excited today to bring you another part of our mini-series. This time we're talking about freelancing with one of our returning guests, Todd Favela. And we are so happy to have Todd back on the show. You guys might remember him from season one, and we will definitely put the link for that episode in the show notes. But today we just talked all about freelancing, how we got our freelance gigs, contracts, money, not becoming a hermit, all that good stuff. Yeah, I think it was a good talk and it's real nice talking to Todd, a fellow freelancer. And I think we got a lot of good information out of this. So without further ado, we're happy to present episode 89, Freelancing with Todd Favela. So we are here today with returning guest, Todd Favela. Y'all may remember Todd from season one of the podcast back in 2016. So Todd, (laughs) great to have you back. Thank you. Yes, and so we're really excited because today we're talking about freelancing, which is a topic that all of us have familiarity with because all of us have freelanced for various studios and individuals and companies. And one of the reasons why we wanted to talk about this is we get a lot of questions about this. I've gotten a lot of questions on Instagram in particular and emails, usually from people who just want to know how to freelance, how did you find the companies, do studios hire freelancers, how do they hire freelancers? And usually the reason why people want to know is, you know, they want to make more money. They also want to gain experience. But I think there's this mythos surrounding freelancing as well. This idea of, oh, I can work from home in my pajamas on my computer and I never have to speak to anyone (laughs) and I can do everything through email and the money will just rain on me and it will just be great. And that's not how it works, guys. So we wanted to talk a little bit about that. No, that's a hundred percent true. <laughs> it's all yes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the promised land. It is the promised land. Yeah. Uh, do you like contracts? Do you like trying to hunt down paychecks? Yes. So we just wanted to talk about that, and also just what that entails if you end up going the freelance route in terms of contracts and health insurance and other things that people don't think about, but they should. So Todd, we wanted to ask you just. Right off the bat, and people can hear the beginnings of your story on the previous episode, but I just, for a refresher here, how did you get your first freelance job? So my first freelance job, I got, I got that through applying out. Um, I just wrapped up at Titmouse and then took a little break to do some stuff with, uh, that I needed to take care of, and then... I just started browsing like LinkedIn and different company websites and just saying like, hey, hi, I'm Todd. I do this and want to see if there's any opportunities at your companies. And then I got a few responses that were like, hey, we need some with your talents. So how does this sound? Do you want to work on this project? And then I'll be like, yeah, sounds good. Um, okay. Yeah, that's how and I got my first. What specifically were you doing? I was doing a cleanup design and cleanup animation. Okay. And then eventually, like, just full-on animation for, like, a Simpsons property. Okay. And for those jobs, did they have you take a test, or was it purely on your portfolio where they went, oh, you can do this, here's the work? Uh, purely portfolio. I've actually never gotten a job after I've taken a test. Oh. Yeah, I think I just, t- I just, 
I taste poorly. I just I, I probably I probably do. That uh, too. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't not taste great. I don't think I test well, but if you give me the assignment, I can get it to you delivered like how you want it and on time. Okay. So I think like when they gave me that thing or they gave me my first assignment, like I was able to like give it to them, give them their stuff and you know in a timely manner. So they just kind of went with me from there. Okay. And what yeah. was the contract process like for you? So he essentially like set me up as a, I think it was like a net 30, which is something I'd learned about freelancing, which is essentially like after you, after you finished your job, well, the first they gave me a contract saying like, you're going to be our company. You can't talk about what you're working on. Don't share it online and stuff like that. And then they set you up however you want to be taxed. Like if you're taxed as a corporation or as a sole prop, and then they either go with like a net 15 or a net 30. What that means is, like, after their completion date, they have that many days to give you your money. So it's, like, after 15 days, they have to, like, pay you, or after 30 days, they have to pay you. Okay. And then to describe it more for people, so what is the difference between a corporation and a sole proprietorship? Uh, so sole prop is, like, if you're making, I think it really just comes down to, like, taxes. Like, I think you can kind of, like, write down, like, write off, like, whatever you want to write off as your business if you're a sole prop or if you're a corporation. It essentially comes down to, like, your write-offs and the money that you're making. So if you're not making as much money as, like, where you're better off, like, being a sole prop, and it's like you can be a, a corporation, you can just be a sole prop. But if you want to be an LLC, like a, like a corporation or something like that, you have to kind of meet, like, a threshold where it's, like, financially better. And the better part of that is like they can't come back and sue you as a person they can only sue your company so if i'm if you're a sole prop and you get sued they can sue you for like your own personal assets but if you're an llc they can sue you for for your company's worth and if your company's worth nothing then they can't really uh, sue anything so basically yeah. sole proprietorship they can come after you they can yeah. after your apartment your car, your car, all your stuff. Your cat, yeah. Yeah, your cat. The cat's gone. <laughs> Poor cat. But if it's a corporation, like you said, yeah. only the assets of that corporation. Yes. So if your corporation has nothing, it's like, well, sure, you could sue me for the zero amount that I have here. Yeah. Here you go. Now, Jeff, are you a sole proprietor or do you have an LLC? Yeah, sole proprietor. Okay. So yeah. what made you decide to go that route? I had just heard from other freelancers that it was just... Unless you're making a lot of money, it was just mm -hmm. easier and, you know, you just ha didn't have to go into as many taxes. And I think for the LLC, don't you have to put in your taxes more often or something? There was a whole thing with it that they were like, don't even bother, just go sole. Because the chances of you getting sued are pretty minimal for this line of work. Yep. But yeah, you have to file quarterly. Mm -hmm. like every three months you have to file your taxes. Yeah. And seems like a like a pain yeah i'm not making millions of dollars freelancing so <laughs> so probably is fine yeah, for me neither yeah. am I. If, if you you're... are out there we would love to talk to you and find out more <laughs> information mainly how how did yeah, you yeah, yeah let me know <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's get into taxes because that's actually a question that i specifically got from a couple of people which is how taxes work with this type of thing so do you guys find that you have to fill out just additional 1099s or did you have to do extra things for me, it was just, I just kept everything together whenever I would get sent a form, and it was really easy. I just used TurboTax or whatever, but maybe I should have been thinking bigger, you know, especially when I was making more, 
to keep more of that money. But for me, it was just I did the basic stuff and tried to, for each check, get as much taken out as possible, too. Okay. When that was an option. Otherwise, if I just get the full amount, no taxes taken out, I would always put at least 30% into you know, my savings account or whatever, because a lot of people, a lot of freelancers, they don't realize that they're going to have to pay a bunch of taxes come tax season. And I've heard of people that it's like $10,000 they owe. And they're just like, what? I didn't, nobody told me this. And it's like, yeah, you need to put that money aside. You can't spend all that money. The government's going to come knocking. Same thing. I just set aside money. Like I, I'm kind of, well, not like, not very, very frugal, but I just, you know, kind of save money and spend what I want to spend. But I'm like, go out and like do a lavish dinner every every night. But for tax stuff, I just keep a record, you know, just whatever I use for uh, for my job, like the different programs, like if I'm buying like materials and like new upgrades that they use, I just make sure I keep a record of that like every month. And then come tax season, just give it to like my tax person. I'm like, hey. Here's all my stuff. Let's see how much I owe or how much I'm getting back. Why did you decide to get an accountant as opposed to, you know, just using like doing taxes on your own or TurboTax or something like that? They're a little more experienced on it. So I tend to roll with like, if someone's more experienced in something than I am, I'm going to essentially trust them. Okay. Well, let's shift over to you. So what was your first freelance job, Jeff? My first freelance gig, if we aren't talking professional. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, I want to hear this story now. So we're going to talk about that one, and then we'll talk about professional one. So my first non-professional gig was with my acting teacher, Dee Wallace Stone. She was the mom in E.T. She was in Cujo. She was one of the original Scream Queens. She knew that I was an artist, and every Christmas she would have me draw pictures of her friend's dogs like in pastel and charcoal and stuff and she would pay me like decent money to do this and then she would give them away as gifts so that was great but then my first professional kind of animation gig was through a friend who was a producer in reality television but he was working for a company sawhorse that they would just get people that needed things and someone needed some animation and they were like do you know anyone who can do animation i was like i can do it even though you know the most animation i've done was for websites and stuff just flash stuff and it just kind of went from there like i started doing small projects storyboarding and then uh through this company sawhorse they got a job for rooster teeth who needed lots of animation for this show they were doing on the west coast And I was like, I can do that too. So then just started with them. But it's all, most of my gigs, especially initially, were from friendships and networking. It was all just word of mouth, kind of like you, Todd, where it's just one thing leads to another. People hear you can do something or you're good or you're timely or whatever, and it just leads to the next project. So I always made sure that I was professional, I was on time, and I could do the work. Even when, you know, something would come up and I wasn't 100% sure, I was like, I will take the time to either learn how to do this 
or and which is something you can do when you're freelance because when you're home all day or whatever you can sit and watch youtube videos or learn things that you don't know or if you need to bring a friend you know that's another good thing to for networking to if you need that extra help you can bring in a animator friend or whatever and have y'all done that where you you're hired for a job you bring in a friend basically pay your friend to help you on because i know other people that have done that too it's kind of like like micro farming essentially i've thought about that honestly just from getting work and i'm just like i wonder if i could like have a friend assistant just to help me out <laughs> i haven't considered that but i mean i've considered it but yeah i've never done that yet i'm thinking about it now yeah i have a friend that that's how she got one of her jobs because she had a friend who was animating explainer videos and he realized the workload was just too heavy and so what he did was he asked her and a couple other people and said hey i'm getting paid this amount so i will pay y'all this amount if you can help me and then Everybody wins and everything gets done because it was just such a huge workload. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happened with me. Like I would occasionally, I didn't do it that often. And sometimes the production company can help you. Like Sawhorse did have other resources to help me out. But that's another thing. And it can be one of the perils of freelancing is that you just think you can do all the work. Yeah. So you aren't working nine to five. You're getting up sometimes at, you know, six in the morning and going to bed at midnight or two in the morning because you just want to do everything yourself because you want either all the money or hey, it's your job, you know, and you're just in that mindset. Well, I got to get it done. So I'm going to stay up those extra hours or wake up those early hours. So it's not healthy, but sometimes you do it. I've done that, and mm-hmm. I was wondering, too, because that's, that's a great question. Managing your time, I admit, I don't usually do that very well as far <laughs> as, you know, freelance gigs go, but y'all have been freelancing a lot longer, so how do you manage that? Do you guys have a set schedule, or does it just become, like you said, mornings, evenings, weekends, and you just become a hermit and don't leave your house for a month? Uh, my scheduling is kind of like I'll get my workload or whatever and I'll break down I'll look at all the files see how many things are there like if there are poses or you know how many items in the scene or how many characters in the scene and it just kind of like try to set like a day amount and then I kind of get post-its and put on my Cintiq and then like when I'm done with one I have a visual like how many I'm getting done and I just kind of set it up like that so if I have like a good day where I'm just like rolling through stuff, I'll kind of take some stuff from another day and then put in that workload. But if it's just like, if I'm just like not having it, like not having a day, I'll just like put it to like the next day and then kind of work that way. So it's like nine to five. I'm just work from that time and whatever I'm working on, just do it that way. All right. It wasn't too, wasn't too confusing? No, no, no. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I wish I had a system like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what I do is, so I'm currently, you know, for comics, because I've been doing it for a while now, I know now how long it takes me to do it. It was what I did, like, the first time that I ever worked on Loud House Comics, I timed myself because I just wanted to know how long is this going to take me to do? And I didn't know how long that was going to be, so I just timed out how long it took me to do it. And this was back for volume four last year. And so now I know how long it takes. And so it's, okay, this should take me 
you know, X amount of time. So now it's, all right, I need to make sure that I have this page done, you know, from this date to this date, and it's, I need to spend X amount of hours. If I go over that, then, you know, I'm going to run out of time or I'm going to have to stay up really late. Mm-hmm. And so I just try to, I try to time it out. And I also do a thing where I'll give myself like a set amount of time, like let's say, you know, like a three hour block. And then when that block is done, even if I'm not finished with that page yet, I'll go on to the next page anyway, because otherwise you could end up spending, you know, eight hours on one Mm -hmm. page, but you have five more pages Mm -hmm. that you have to do. And then you either don't sleep or they end up looking bad. And so it just becomes, okay, even though I'm not done with this one yet, we're now going to move over to this other one and at least get a set amount done. And then we can go back and make additional revisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, it's, I feel like my projects are so random and a lot of them are with people who they're not like studios or corporations or whatever. A lot of what I do are like explainer videos or stuff for YouTube, like YouTube openings where they need some animation or whatever, or some illustrations for something. And they always want it right away. So it's just, can you have this by tomorrow? And it's like, no, I can't, you know, (laughs) I can have it in a few days. But so for me, it always just seems I just have to work as much as possible to get it done. And I can't really form a schedule other than just work when you're awake, you know, especially when you have multiple projects, you know, and you just got have to just work all the time to get things done manage those expectations how do you basically educate them so that they know not to give you that amount of time god so hard (laughs) a little bit yeah i try to be just forward with like how the process works so i'll say like okay like well i'm gonna i'll try to get like all the information first so i know what they need and then give them a breakdown of like each step that's going to take so like if they need like a character or something like that i'm like okay cool i'll need all the character information so I have an idea of like what I'm actually drawing, and then I'll give them thumbnails, you know, really rough. Like, here's an idea I had, and here's this, and like if they have like different things that are going through their head, like, oh, what about this, this, and that? I'm like, cool, and then we'll take it to like a, a rough, and then like a tighter rough, and then like final delivery or something like that. Okay, so uh, just various stages. Yeah, so I try to keep them like involved in the stages of how it happens, but letting them know in advance. Like, I have a process of like getting something to you and this is the thing it's going to be that's good so you can like set that expectation at the beginning so that it's not oh by the way we're also doing this yeah do you also have it in your contract or charge if they want additional revisions because i know that that's a thing that can bite people in the butt is they just keep coming back with more things yeah i just uh i make sure that everything's an email saying like this is the this is the final line this is the final color like do you approve and then they're like yeah so I'll write it down on my invoice, like, approved on this date, and then give it to them. And if they need more revisions, stuff like that, I'm just like, okay, I can just charge you, like, a revisions hour and then put in the revisions for you. Okay. Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. do the same? Yeah. I think that really helped manage my time, too. Yes. Because when I first started and I needed the work, I would just be like, sure, I can get this done in a day. But... As I kept doing it and, you know, they wanted my services and stuff, I could say, well, I could get it done in this amount of time, but I'm going to have to charge you 
an extra fee because I'm going to have to put an extra hour. And another thing is every time I give this to you and then you have revisions, then I charge extra for that too. So usually I say you get two revisions and then a final for say animation or whatever. But I do the same with illustrations. So if they take it back and before I started doing this, they'd have like 10 revisions. They just keep revising things. But when you have that in your contract or even just your email, when you send it to them initially, just right up front, Hey, two revisions and a final, then they really take the time to show it to everyone wherever they're at, you know, give me all the revisions at once. And you know, sometimes that doesn't happen. And sometimes they're willing to spend the extra money. They're just like, Oh, that's fine. You know, that's cool. We'll pay for the revisions. But at least you aren't getting kind of screwed over by them not making up their mind. It reminds me of that comic from The Oatmeal, how he talks about graphic design and how he said, you know, first the vision looks great and everybody likes it. But then they start giving it to people like, oh, my dog has this idea. My aunt has an <laughs> eye for design. And then they just start showing it. And then it just becomes this horrible mass of whatever so many times that's happened <laughs> where initially they're so happy you know everything's great and then they show it to the wrong person or show it to just someone who has a completely different idea and then you're starting from zero again when you have that in your contract and you're still getting paid it's fine if you don't and you just feel like man i'm spending all this time and i'm not getting paid more that's when morale goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's down, so. smart to have that in your contract because mm -hmm. like i think early on or early freelancers don't take into account like the more hours you're putting into this the less money you're making per hour mm -hmm. so if you work on something for four hours and you're getting paid i don't know like, like let's just throw it out like 400 bucks then it's like okay well i'm making 100 bucks an hour but if you're working on something for like 10 hours and you're making 400 bucks then it's like okay well now i'm making like 40 so it's like gotta have that in your contract otherwise like you're just kind of cutting money away from yourself. Mm -hmm. And so people like, will take advantage yeah. of that. You know, they'll revise or get their fingers in it as much as they possibly can. Yep. So, yeah. Do you guys usually charge hourly or is it usually more of a flat rate? Like, I can do this for X amount of money. It's a bit of both. I'll quote them saying, like, it's going to take this much and, like, this is going to be, like, weird. This kind of, like, creative process that we're going to go through. If we keep changing things like during a project and keep going back, then I'll be essentially charging you more an hour. That's okay. kind of how that works with me. Yeah, because everything I've ever done, it's actually been a flat rate. So I've never had like an hourly thing, which is the other reason why I track my own time, because I feel like, you know, you could spend forever on something then and then you'd end up getting paid two bucks an hour. So mm -hmm. you need to have that kind of constraint with yourself and just know how long things take. Both of you guys bring up a really good point with, you know, having things in your contract. So let's actually talk about contracts. That's the thing that tends to scare artists. It doesn't have to scare you guys. It's just a piece of paper with words <laughs> to make sure you get paid. Yeah. So how did you figure out how your contract should look? Did y'all talk to other artists? Did you guys go to a lawyer? Did you find it in a, in a book? I think through, like, through other artists, they've, like, said, like, this is kind of what, what you need. You need to, like have a plan, have something like laid out, like let them know like what they're paying for and then put in like, you only get so many revisions or you're only, you're working hourly. So you're working on this thing like per hour. And then I've also heard, I'm assuming these are like with bigger artists. They have a, there's something in their contract that says like, 
Uh, if payment's not re received within two weeks, we tack on a 5 or 10% charge. And that's how, that's their friend getting paid because you don't have to chase someone because legally they sign something where if they're not going to pay you, we're just, they're just going to accumulate interest on that payment. Um, that's smart. Yeah. So I need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> My last two storyboarding, like freelance storyboarding gigs, it took three months to get paid for one and like two months for the other and I didn't have anything in the contract. It's one of those things where I'm emailing them every week like, hey, what's going on? Yeah. I've had to do Horrible. that. We're emailing, you're just like, hi, it's me. Yeah. How you doing? By the way, paycheck. How's mm -hmm. it going? And that's the thing. Just remind people. Just yep. remind people. Don't depend on, I mean, sometimes they'll do it, but don't just depend on them. Like, make sure you're getting everything out in a timely way. Yeah. If they're not like a company, usually I ask for like a deposit up front. So I usually do like a half, whatever the thing's projected as, I have like a half, a half deposit. So if a project's going to be like 300 bucks, then I'm like, all right, 150 is like 500 and like 250. It's just so like, if they do decide to like run out and be like, oh, sorry, well, I don't know, sue me. I'm like, well, at least I got half my money as opposed to like no money. Have y'all ever not been paid? Like, have you ever had to, had a job and tried to track people down and they just disappear? The company's gone defunct. No, I haven't had that, but I've had like the you do something and like the, well, they ask like, oh, what do you do? Like, like how much do you usually charge for something like this? And then they ask like, oh, can I like can you do this for me? And then like you get like a fifteen dollar like Starbucks gift card. I've oh, had that happen. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, they pay you in gift cards? Yeah, I'm like, it's, I don't know, just like a hundred bucks. I'm like, oh, cool. And they're like, could you like do this for me? And I'm like, yeah. I'm assuming they told you I do, do this for a hundred bucks. And they'll give me like a $15 gift card at Starbucks. Like, thanks, like, blah, blah, loved it so much. It's in their house. I'm like, okay. <laughs> thanks. That's about as bad as, I had a friend that designed, it was either a logo or a menu for this restaurant in San Francisco when we were in school, and they paid him in bread. So they, they paid him in, a, in meals, and he has since, now he's doing very well for himself, but he said, yeah, so after that I started doing contracts, I wouldn't get paid in bread. I'm like, that's <laughs> terrible. I'm like, this is the worst. Don't get paid in bread, you guys. No. Oh, yeah. No, I've never not gotten paid. That's good. So yeah. Track those people down. Yeah, yeah. But I've had some, you know, this one where it was taking three months, I was starting to be like, are they going to pay me or are they just, you know. A fly-by-night situation yeah. that's going on. Yeah, but they eventually did. Yeah, I've always gotten paid too, but sometimes it's been a, mm -hmm. hey, how's it going? How's it going? Hey, guess what? I'm not leaving. I'm right. I'm going to stay forever. Yeah, but like you yeah. said, I never I never got angry yeah. in the email about it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd just be like, hey, just checking in, yeah. you know, what's Same. going on. So, Same, it's always yeah. just been like, this is just a friendly reminder. Mm -hmm. Have a great day. Yeah. Just, you know, just keep doing that. Or call, or if they're local, go to the office. Mm -hmm. Go yeah. to the office and just go and talk to them. Yeah, but I probably won't work with that one again because of the way they just kind of strung me along for so long. Yeah. It did make me worry, and after that, I was kind of like, I don't want to work with these people if I don't know when I'm going to get paid. Yeah. So, yeah. That actually ties into another question. So, have you ever had to fire a client? Like, before even being done, have you ever just had to say, hey, 
the way I'm being treated isn't right, or this project has gone completely off the rails, or you now want me to make the 20th revision, this makes no sense, this is, you know, it's kind of like that. It's like that episode of BoJack where they're making a movie, and then by the end it turns into a basket of snacks. Right. <laughs> has that ever happened to you guys? No. I've been pretty lucky with, uh, with my clients. Like, I haven't had to fire anyone. Because I've been on, like, four exposure. Have you been on that? No, what is that? It's a Twitter where, like, they talk about, like, clients that just, like, just treat their artists just, like, crap. Mm-hmm. And, like, the stuff they post on there is, like, they'll have someone do something and then, like, it's like, well, I'm only paying you this much because you do it for the craft. Oh, no. Like, stuff like no, that. No, yeah. No. No. Um, Sidebar. Let's, let's discuss that. <laughs> Exposure's dumb, all right? Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr exists. That is your exposure. Yep. Your exposure is Instagram. So if anybody comes up to you and says, I can get your exposure, it's like, no fool. That's what Instagram is for. So don't get paid in exposure. I don't care if you're a student. That is the lamest way that people just don't want to pay you. Yeah. Bad, 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 bad. It's just like, because, you'll, you'll, yeah, you'll, you'll get people, because I've, I've had people, like, say that to me, and I'm like, no, like, I'm making money doing what I'm doing like why would yeah. i do this for free well that's like asking a plumber it's like don't you want everybody you know don't you want me to tell everybody how wonderful the pipes are in my house no yeah no, no. i'd like to get paid please yeah i feel like now it's just like or like the what i've told people is like okay if you're gonna do this for exposure like you have an idea for everyone has an idea for like a comic or like a children's book or like an animated show or like anything like why don't you take that time working for exposure and apply it to your own projects. Yeah, just make your own book, yeah. which all of us have done. Like, like <laughs> yeah. at this table, all of us have either made comics, made animated shorts, made children's books, and gone to conventions, or published things ourselves, or pitched things to studios, and we weren't getting paid, but it was our own property. Yeah. So you're right. If you're going to do that, you might as well just make your own thing with your name on it. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. you can sell it. Go on Patreon or something. Yeah, you own it. Yeah, you yeah. own the thing. You own it. <laughs> you know, PayPal donations. Do yeah. it. Yeah, I've never heard. It just seems like such a myth because I'm sure it's happened somewhere to a few people, but I've never heard of someone, oh, I did this project for free, got a ton of exposure, and then now I'm animating for DreamWorks doing my own thing. No, it, no. it doesn't happen. No. You know? Even like the South Park guys that their thing for free were putting out, but it was their own thing. Yeah, they did it themselves and they knew people to give it to. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Like people always miss the second part of that story in these stories that it wasn't exposure. It was they worked in media or they had experienced marketing or their friend's wife worked at HBO. I mean, it's always... Mm -hmm. There's a part of that story that you guys are missing, which is they knew someone to give it to, or they went to a convention, or they knew where to go. Mm-hmm. Right. It wasn't just, and then one day famous. That doesn't happen. No. Or it takes 15 years, and you think that's how it happened. It doesn't happen, you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. So getting into money then, how did you guys figure out how much you wanted to get paid? Did you base that off of, what your friends were making or were you looking at your own living expenses going okay for me to survive i need to make x amount of money i think early on like i was on twitter and then like i was thinking about going into freelancing and right around that time uh there's like a freelance thread that was going around and it's like how much should i be charging for freelancing and someone 
a professional artist was saying like these are the guild minimums so I was like okay I'll just charge that that's kind of been how I do it that's smart what is the guild minimum now do you know guild minimums I think guild minimums for design are like 1950 a week okay and then depending on like your negotiation you can raise it like it's just the minimum because I've heard people get paid like way more than 1950 a week doing their stuff so I'm like well this is what people are making a week. Like, why can't I make that freelancing? Makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I was kind of lucky to begin with since I was doing the freelance for the production companies that I was working with. So the money they were giving me was decent enough to live on. And then that's how I found out about the contracts, too. I just kind of reworded the stuff that I got from them. Oh, okay. And then just kind of use that stuff as a template for my own work. And once you start doing it for a while, you kind of start to understand what people are willing to pay to yeah. for certain things. Like storyboards are one thing, explainer videos, short intros, whatever you're doing, you know how much you can charge for that work. So it was just kind of a learning process for me. But I did go online and see just to make sure I wasn't getting screwed. Yeah. Too. So, yeah. I've seen, like, freelancers charge, like, way, way cheap, mm-hmm. like, stuff. I'm like, I kind of have a pitch, and I like your work. Like, was, is this, like, screwed up if I hire you to do this? Please, it's like, really check how much, like, ask friends. Like, they'll tell you, like, how much you're making freelancing. Because, like, some, sometimes I'll see someone doing, like, character art for, like, 40 bucks. Like, oh. lined and colored, shaded in the background. I'm like, that's, no, like, you're too talented to do that. That's like deviant (laughs) art prices at that point. Yeah, like if you're learning and like someone wants to pay you 40 bucks, like yeah, Yeah. sure, why not? But like if you're producing quality, like professional quality work, you know, you should charge professional wages, I feel. How do y'all feel about commissions? Because that's one of the reasons why I never did commissions was because I would look at, you know, deviant art and Instagram and things like that. And even before I got into the industry, I could tell that this is way too low. You know, people were charging like $20 for a drawing, which to me, it's like, that's at least a hundred bucks you should be charging. Yeah. If not three times that amount. Yeah. So have y'all ever done commissions? I mean, I know that you did some for your acting teacher, but that was a little bit different. Have you ever done them for like just random people on the internet? No, I never have. Even at conventions, a lot of people will do a drawing or whatever for some sort of commission. I I will do a sketch in someone's sketchbook of Jeff Bot characters, but sometimes people come by and they're like, oh, you know, can you draw SpongeBob? You know, and I'll pay you 20 bucks or 30 bucks. I'm like, no, because that's time I could be spending selling my other stuff and talking to fans or talking to people who are passing by. If I'm, you know, my head's down drawing a property I don't, you know, if I'm doing Spongebob, I've never worked on Spongebob, you know, <laughs> but people, you know, they want to do that all the time. Mostly comic book characters like Batman, I should say, mm-hmm. you know, or can you do a Spider-Man? It's like, it's just not my thing. But I see people all, online all the time doing commissions. Yeah. I've thought about it. I just, I've never done it. Yeah. I've thought about it too. I just always worry about how will I get paid? Like, how mm-hmm. do I know I'm actually going to get paid? And like what you were saying earlier, should I charge them half and then half later? And then for me, too, it became a thing of, but I don't want to draw fan art all day. And I don't want to draw your characters all day. 
because I'm getting paid to draw the characters on my show, so I don't really <laughs> feel like having to deal with you when I'm going through a company. So yeah. it just didn't seem to make a lot of sense for me personally. you know. But I know other people that do it, and I guess they like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people do like that. They, uh, I've seen friends do like icons, mm-hmm. like Twitter icon commissions. That's going to be really cool because it's like in their style and like people like their style. Okay. And they're like, oh, I'm opening up commissions to like, if you want your Twitter icon to be in my style, mm-hmm. they, they fill up. So I feel like that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. You know, it's like extra side money. Um, I've heard of people doing commissions and streaming. Like they have a Patreon, they have like a Twitch, and they like basically just do commissions all day and stream. Wow. And they make a living doing that. Like a really good living. That's amazing. That's like unboxing <laughs> videos. You know? It's just, yeah. The way you can make money now never cease to astound me. I didn't even realize that was a thing. You could just So you're just drawing the drawings that people want all day long on yeah. YouTube or Patreon and just talking while you're doing it. And then while you're doing your stream, like if you do it on Twitch or like YouTube, you can donate money to your... You're uh, the person you watch because, like, you have, like, that fan interaction. And then they, like, I like this artist. I'll support them. I'm like, here's two bucks. And, like, they give you, like, free money on Twitch to, like, t- like tip people. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can see it in real time. Like, yeah. oh, so-and-so just tipped this person $5. Yeah. And you're like, wow, this guy just made thousands of dollars. Like, I'm yeah. watching it, you, you guys, know, on why screen. Are you working in studios? <laughs> why are you not just on Twitch yeah, all day? <laughs> The animated journey. The Twitch. <laughs> Twitch.tv. Twitch. 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 Yeah. Oh, gosh. The animated journey yeah. leads to Twitch. <laughs> leads to that's Twitch. the journey. I'm trying to um, spend less time on the internet. What are you guys doing to me? Yeah, like, they'll, they'll work on commissions, streaming the stuff, and then they'll, like, you'll see tip jars, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. how do you do this? Like, why are you doing it this way? And it's like, oh, I do it this way because this is, it's easier to trace something like this with the solid layer as opposed to, like, Lowering the opacity. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, so it's also how-tos at the same time. Yeah. So you're, like, watching a tutorial and interacting with them, and then, like, everyone's having a fun time. Like, nice. you're watching someone draw, and, like, it's, like, a teacher told me this once. She said, like, art's so, like, isolated. You take for granted, like, what you what you do as a craft. Like, people don't see that normally. So if you figure out, like, if you go out, like, in the, in the open and, like, do it yourself, you're going to get people, like, looking because, like, they don't see this ever. That's a good point. You know, it takes hours and days and months and years to make a comic or a short or a television show or a mm. movie, and we're in our cubes yeah. with the lights off and headphones, yep. not speaking to anybody, mm-hmm. not getting up yes. for hours at a time or blinking. And so, it's like far nobody knows science. what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's like raining, I've seen like people print out their templates and just draw out, like watching the rain. Oh, it just doesn't fun. just doesn't rain in California, so everyone's just like. Except right now. Yeah, right now it's raining. <laughs> we say that, but yeah. it's like raining as we speak, which is actually very pleasant. Mm-hmm. It's been a bizarre like three months of raining. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. It's it's been extremely I mean, extremely cold for here. You know, what? I'm just gonna say it's been extremely cold. Deal with it, mm-hmm. East Coast friends. But it's been yeah. extremely cold, and it's been really wet and rainy. But it's great because that means the mountains won't catch on fire anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, good for everybody everything's really green mm-hmm. it's nice. you're gonna get comments <laughs> hey bring it bro I've, I've lived, y'all know y'all listen to the show i have lived all across the united states and mm-hmm. i am here to tell you california is hands down the best state i have ever lived in and mm-hmm. i've lived in five nice. and i've been to 17 and i've been out of the country i love california it's way too expensive yeah but california is great and mm-hmm. we don't get that much snow which i appreciate yeah yeah, yeah. i don't miss digging out my car yeah, and yeah. icing things. Although I heard it 
uh, snowed in West Hollywood. It did. It snowed in Altadena wow. two weeks ago. I wasn't was there nuts. for it. But I was like, oh, man. But when I was driving to work the other day, it started hailing. Like, pea-sized hail. See, hail's no joke. I've had to take my car to State Farm because there was golf-ball-sized hail in Denver. (gasps) And they had to fix insurance paid for my car because it had to just be redone because there was just so many dents. I mean, it was it's hard. Hail hurts. Oh, yeah. Hail can hurt a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that's no joke. So yeah, but it's it's been raining. But yeah, that's a good idea though. See, additional revenue streams, and that's actually brings up a good point because there's multiple ways to earn money doing your art. Like what you like, you've done the convention circuit for what, like ten years now? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, at least ten years, and that's very lucrative, but it's very time consuming, depletes your all your energy. And it's pretty much a full-time job because you have to be preparing, you have to be designing new merch, you have to be traveling all the time. When I was doing it full-time, I was going all over the place. You know, I was driving from Salt Lake City to Las Vegas to Portland, then up to Seattle, then San Francisco, San Diego, you know, Long Beach. It was just constantly on the road. And yeah, you're making money, but you just feel detached from everything after a while. You know, just getting back to home base is just, wow, I haven't seen my apartment in like a month. You know, it's just, (laughs) and I started thinking to what end? Yeah, this is great. I'm promoting my webcomic, you know, I was at the time. And, but do I want to be the 50 and still living like a gypsy you know on the road i just didn't see a great end to it although some people they make so much money at these conventions you know for me it was making you know a few thousand dollars a convention but i know some people who are making like twenty five thousand dollars a convention yeah yeah but how long do you have to be around you have to be around a long time and you have to have a lot of merch and you have to buy a huge space and it's a lot of work like these people i have so much respect for them and you know it becomes a community too because you just see these people over and over and it's great i loved it but i was like if i want some you know if i want to have a retirement plan if i want to have some stability in my life and i just couldn't do that anymore so now i only do a couple conventions a year Definitely San Diego, just because it took me a few years just to get on the floor there. Yeah. That I don't want to give it up now. (laughs) Yeah, and you have a nice booth. Yeah. The booth is, it's very, first off, you could find your booth, because that's a thing at Comic-Con, is just finding people. So yours is, it's easy to find it. Yeah, And it's like just very well located, and it's a large booth, and you have good branding of stuff. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And it's nice because now I'm in the webcomic section, which is a smaller section, you know, in Comic-Con. So when I say, hey, I'm in the webcomic section, people can generally find me because it's just a few rows. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's great. I don't want to move out of there, but we'll see what happens this year. Because now that I'm working full-time, I don't know if I can take the time off, but we'll see. Yeah. And Todd, you've done some conventions, too. Have you found that that has that helped you as well with freelancing lifestyle? Or is it more just like in addition to? No, not really. 
it was uh, like I kind of did a, like a few conventions and like I made my money back of like what I put in, uh, but for the most part, most of my most of my uh, most of my freelancers just come in through like companies and like word of mouth. Um, like if anything, I'll meet someone at a convention that like will want to like work with me on something, but it's just, like you never know if it ever gonna ever gonna like come through, and like most of the time, they just never do. Mm-hmm. It's fun, but it's also, like, I like the stuff that goes on at conventions, and I have to be at my booth, so I'm just like, uh, maybe. So. <laughs> it's like, but I want to be over there, but wait, I'm yeah. here to sell this. Yeah. I want to buy it from me, and yeah. be right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so let's talk, because you mentioned something, Jeff, which is really good. Actually, I mentioned two things, so let's talk about both. So first, this gypsy lifestyle, nomadic lifestyle, <laughs> being a hermit, that is the danger of the freelance life, is you're in your apartment. Or you're in your house all day. Yeah. Meanwhile, the rest of the world, they're going to work. They're hanging out with their coworkers, and they come home, so they have that beginning and end to their day mm-hmm. where you can become just, it just never ends for you. So how do you make sure that you actually go outside and have a life? Pokemon Go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just I hard clock out at like six, and then I just like walk, walk around do that stuff, or I'll just uh, hit friends up on like PlayStation, like, hey, you want to play this game? Or uh, just make sure like every Friday, Saturday, I try to like meet with friends and do something. Just because it's so easy to like to be in your apartment and then like be there, let you know, curtains drawn up because you need to like focus and see what you're working on, and then like. Yeah, you haven't seen anyone in like a month or two. <laughs> so it's, it's not healthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It definitely happens. I try to every day go on, you know, I have this little walk. I go around the neighborhood and I would try and do that every day. Even, you know, with deadlines and everything, I was like, no, just take that time for yourself. And it was usually about a 45 minute walk or whatever. I also got an Apple Watch, which it it has these things there's like three rings one's for walking one's for or standing you have to stand mm-hmm. at least 12 times so it reminds you on the hour like hey you haven't been standing yet so that gets me i always try and stand whenever it tells me to <laughs> i'm a slave to my <laughs> apple watch apparently <laughs> yeah oh yeah, yeah. There you go. yeah. It's, it's great for that kind of thing and then it also you can set a movement thing yeah. where you have to be moving for so many you know, it tracks your calories and all this stuff. And then it has an exercise ring and mindset for like half an hour, I think, a day. So, you know, that's why I get up and run. And I try and fill all three rings every day. It doesn't always happen, but at least it's a reminder. And, you know, I'm not growing roots yeah. or, my, or my butt or my feet because yeah. I'm getting up and just... Because it's so bad for you just to be sitting there all day, you mm-hmm. know. And I used to get massive neck and shoulder pain because I'd just be hunched over my desk. I try and do better posture and stuff when I'm drawing now, but, oh man. Speaking like right of that, like, I'm just like, yeah. I'm trying so hard not to hunch chairs. anymore. <laughs> Did you, do you guys have ergonomic chairs or like standing desks or, you know, like wireless mouse or do you guys do any of that stuff to make sure you're not causing irreparable injury to yourselves? I have a what's it, ergonomic chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have one of those, okay. and then uh, I work out just so, just so I don't like you know screw up my muscles or my back. Mm-hmm. It's like I feel like because I used to work out a lot, and then 
having art as a full-time job, I think has hurt my body more than like MMA and like weightlifting. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was just like, I'm like I've gotten slammed on the ground, and like it doesn't hurt as much as like like back doesn't hurt as much as like you know sitting in a chair for like forty hours a week. Yeah, it's like really bizarre. Like you can do like stretches and like lifting weights, like or uh, doing runs or like push-ups. Like it really helps you like not screw up your body. I recently got a Peloton bike a few months ago, and that really helps too. Like I try <laughs> and do that not every day because I think it's bad to be doing it every day, but at least four or five times a week. And that just I feel like it gets my blood flowing, you know, and it's just real exercise. So. Yeah, I've been doing that. And I do, you know, stretches on my wrist. And I know pretty much where the monitor should be and, you know, my height levels for my for my wrists and all that stuff. And I do have an arm on my Cintiq so I can stand and draw for a little bit. That's but, good. Yeah. I hear more about this MMA fighting. When was this? <laughs> oh, it was college. Whoa. Yeah. It was like, it was not like, I wasn't going into like the octagon. It was just like. Uh, they taught it at my college, so I was just like, okay, like I want to try this out. And then, uh, yeah, it was just a group of college kids. We had like a, a like black belt. He had like all these medals. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna teach you how to fight. So like, the only guy in my weight class was like an offensive lineman. Oh jeez. So <laughs> that was that was fun. Like I came like I'd come home like just like bruised and like. Everyone's like, why are your arms and legs, like, just, like, purple? Because I got my, like, calf, or, like, the entire, my, all my calves were, like, purple. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then, like, my face is just, just, like, red and, like, marked up. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're, I'm doing MMA now. Like, it's really fun. You should try it out. <laughs> I just love the idea of your family looking going, you're going for art, right? What yeah. are they doing, <laughs> what are you doing to you there? It's like, I don't know. It's, are you in Fight Club? Like, what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> First thing a drawing club is not yeah. talk about drawing club. You don't talk about <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah, but I don't know. It's, I feel like if you pair like exercise and like standing up and bearing your movement with your art, like it's, you'll fight away or you'll delay like the, like the carpal tunnel and yeah. the mm-hmm. back injuries and that's the thing, because, I mean, it's real. Like, they talk about, you know, the Nick 15, the DreamWorks 15, where, you know, you go to the studio and there's just snacks. Yeah. There's just candy. There's And it's always, it's someone's birthday. Mm-hmm. Somebody's retiring. Somebody just came back from a trip. Mm-hmm. Somebody on your floor just really likes to bake. Uh, it's yeah. just, these are all wonderful things, but there's just a never-ending supply of cookies and cake and pastry and candy and things you know, no one's ever going, hey, I brought, you know, a veggie tray. That's never happened. Nope. So you can just eat and just eat and eat and eat. And I then you sit at your desk and you never move. You just become a potato. I've seen the veggie trays at, like, the Nick parties. And they're just, they're, just, no, they're still there. No one, no one touches oh, yeah. them. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a very nice gesture because they're like, hey, we care about your health. But we're all essentially children. So we're just going after sweets. Oh, yeah. All when, the time. when you see, like, the bananas, tangerines, apples, right next to it, there's a chocolate chip banana muffin yeah. <laughs> or we, that yeah. someone hand-baked. You're like, I'm going to try the muffin. We yeah. had a party once where we had a donut wall. Guess how many donuts wow. were gone at the end of that party? All of them? Because it's the a donuts. wall of donuts. I mean, come on, man. Who doesn't want one or four? It's yeah. right there. So, no, that's that's smart. That's just good advice for everybody, though. Just get up and move around. 
And that leads actually to the second one because, you know, one day we're not going to be able to get up and move around quite as much. And then that leads into retirement. So when you're a freelancer, you don't have a 401k, you don't have company matching. So how did you guys figure out your retirement savings and, you know, IRAs and that type of thing? I don't have a plan. <laughs> yeah. so, so, so Jessica actually dies. Yeah, Todd, how about you? <laughs> uh, I kind of have one through the union. Oh, so okay. All of my contract jobs are through the union. Oh, so really? I just kind of okay. dumped into that one. So, yeah, hopefully I get more union work. Like I'm looking for more, you know, union gigs. So that's, that's kind of my plan. I'm just kind of like trying to be more smart with my money. Okay. Yeah. Do you try to set aside a set amount every paycheck? Like... Yeah. Percent or fifteen percent? Yeah. Too much. Fifteen okay. 15%, 25%. If I can all of it. Oh, that's you never right. know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Jeff, what's <laughs> gonna happen to you? <laughs> well, the plan is right now, and this is another reason, you know, that's why I got out of the whole webcomic game and convention game is because it really is hard to put away money for retirement and for health insurance and all that stuff. But now, you know, I don't want to do freelance forever. And right now, I am fortunate fortunate enough to have a studio gig, but that's the plan, is to get into a studio, get into the union, Mm -hmm. and be working there. I don't want to be working freelance forever because it's just, it's another one of those things where I don't see a great future for it because... Even just a few years ago, and this is just my experience, other people's experience may vary, of course. A few years ago, I was making so much money. Even a couple years ago, I was making so much money, but, and I don't know if it's just because now technology is so much easier to get, and it's so easy for people to do their own animation. You know, animations, a lot of people think that it's easy and they can do it, that the amount that I could charge has come down for the past couple of years and it just keeps getting lower and lower to the point where it's just not worth it as much anymore. You know, I have to work harder and longer for smaller amounts of pay. Truthfully, it's just not something I see as a long-term thing. So yeah, getting into a studio is the plan. Can you say what the range is if you don't want to give the full amount of, let's say like a gig from five years ago as opposed to a freelance animation gig now like what would the range be between those two like a few years ago for a three minute basically explainer video or whatever i was making around three to five thousand for it now people are even spending fifteen hundred dollars people are like is there anything that we can do can we yeah like bring that down And some of the ones I've done, they're getting millions of views. Like one I did got like 4 million views. Another one I did got 3 million views. So people, to pay $5,000 or even $3,000, whatever, for that amount of views is not much, especially for some of the big companies I was working for. Now for them to be like, oh, I only want to spend like $1,500, that's all that's in the budget. It's like, man, that's (laughs) like, you can't even hire, you know, what are... how are you going to spend $1,500 for, you know, these views? Not only that, but the amount of time it takes to make a three-minute oh, yeah. animated yeah. short, that's yeah. way too low. No, yeah. So I've had to either drop work where I'm like, I can't work for these wages, 
or sometimes you know i will especially with clients i've worked in the past like i can't go below this number and they'll come back and be like okay but i can tell it's just getting harder and harder mm. for to get these lucrative projects it's good to yeah. know mm-hmm so how's it going for you, Todd? Are you planning on staying in freelancing or at least supplementing that with studio work too? Or I, what's your game plan? Ideally, I want to just get back to a production at a studio and then freelance on the side if I, if I feel like it. Like this overall long, long-term goal. It's like okay. If I want to pick up freelance, like, hey, this, here's a project that we're doing. Like, are you interested? I'm like, yeah, why not? But like doing a lot of freelance now, it's like not not, ideal, not ideally what I like because I like the cubicles and the pastries and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> like meeting people, yeah. Like yeah. I'm a social. I'm I'm quiet, but I'm a sociable person. Like I like being around the the work office and stuff like that. And I feel like it's just a better a better option for me. Like to you know work in a work in a company as opposed to like work freelance. Same here. I can very much see myself being very comfortable in my apartment. I love my apartment. I yeah. like having friends over. So I could see myself just never leaving the 15-mile radius from where <laughs> I live and just never yeah. going out. So that's the nice thing about working at an office is I, I have to get dressed and I have to go to work and I have to interact with other people. And there's a set time for lunch. There's a set time for beginning and end of day. And then they expect me to eventually leave. Yeah. So it's it's good for you. But that's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. So for folks out there that they're thinking, I want to freelance forever or at least the next five to 15 years. Do you guys have any tips if they're thinking of going, you know, really hardcore long term with this? Save your money. <laughs> yeah, save your money. If you want to go like hardcore long term, I would say vehicle design is a great long-term freelance thing because every project needs a new vehicle i feel like and if you understand how like mechanics and like cars work and like you know like different uh different properties like if you know like superhero vehicles and like gundams and like anime vehicles and like uh like you know, like Disney Junior, like preschool vehicles and how they look. Like they're always looking for like people to design vehicles that specialize in vehicles. So I feel like that's kind of a cool long term. Like I want to be a freelancer for the rest of my life. Like what can I do? Okay. So if that appeals to you, like I can draw cars for the rest of my life. Like people love car drawings and stuff like that. You'll probably like have a stream of just you drawing a car and someone's like, yeah. <laughs> that is your new business. Lamborghini you for 3000 <laughs> That's right. Lamborghini Twitch channel. Yeah, Lamborghini Twitch channel. <laughs> no, I can see that because cars are, and yeah, cars and horses. Horses, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, everyone loves horses. Yes, they do. Not everybody loves to draw horses, though. So if you can draw a horse, yeah. mm-hmm. you'll be in good shape. Yeah. For me, I think, you know, you just have to be open to pretty much everything that's coming in. And if you want to go 100% freelance, it's going to be a hard road, I feel like. But just leave yourself open to those studio jobs. Because I think a hybrid, like you were saying, Todd, having a studio job with doing freelance on the side, I think that's a great way to go. Because the freelance will get you through the dry period when you aren't working for a studio or don't have a regular gig. Yeah. So you don't want to just abandon that freelance work. And for myself, 
the freelance stuff trained me so much for a lot of the studio stuff. All the problems that I encountered in Flash or even doing my webcomic and all that stuff, you're going to encounter in the studio too. But if yep. you've already figured it out, you're going to be a step ahead of someone who doesn't have a history with freelance, you know. Yeah. So definitely recommended get those freelance gigs and foster those relationships with clients. But keep your eyes open for other things. Yeah, and I can also attest to that because for me, I've done freelance for Nickelodeon. I've done freelance for other companies. I've done freelance for friends' companies. And one, you earn money. Mm-hmm. So you're earning money on the side for savings or to help pay off your student loans. Or if you just want to buy something fancy, you don't have to spend your regular money. Two, like you said, it does train you for your own personal projects that you're working on. And then three, it shows people that, hey, look what I can do. It can actually help you out in your day-to-day job if they see that you're also doing these things. They Mm. might say, oh, well, if you can do that over here, you can also do that for us too. That's good. And it can lead to other freelance work. It's like freelance begets freelance. Because I remember for years I wanted to do freelance work and it just seemed like this magical unicorn and I had no idea how people did it. And then one day it happened and then it just kept happening, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know? So it's like you get the one, and then you can use that as a springboard and let people online or people at conventions or people at parties know, you know, I also do this thing. Here it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like with freelance, it's like you can get used to, like, feast and famine. Mm-hmm. Like, where it's like you get, it seems like when you get freelance, like, it all comes at once. And then, like, there'll be, like, a dry period of, like, everyone went on vacation for the holidays, so we have no work for you. You know, so you prepare with that. But I feel like freelance also prepares you for an invaluable asset to yourself, which is, like, making things and getting them in on time. Because I feel like people that are fresh out of school or fresh on a job don't understand, like, how important it is to, like, just have something available to, like, you know, turn in. And then if you can get it approved, like, it's it's golden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It also teach you to work fast. Yeah. And that's a skill that everybody loves because everybody yeah. always wants things faster and better. Yeah. Which don't always equate. No. Yeah. So is there anything that we've missed or anything that you guys feel like people out there should know more about? I do this for freelancing, but like if you're freelancing, don't watch anything new. That's going to cut into your time a lot because you could be like watching a show and then like, oh wait, I'm drawing. And you're like watching a show because it gets good and you're like, okay, I'm drawing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I just like I just throw on like a play like a like a let's play that I've like watched like I think like twelve times. Like, I think I've watched like a Game Grumps like Super Mario Galaxy playthrough like fifteen times already. I kinda of know it by heart. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just easy, like if you need like background noise or like you know, stuff like that, like have a playlist or something where you have to like check your stuff. I feel like that'll help you out with like your time. Yeah. I actually um, agree with that. I listen to a ton of podcasts. Yes. I also listen to entire seasons of shows that I've already seen. So I've burned through Frasier, Parks and Recreation. I've seen Thor Ragnarok a couple of times now because I've already seen it. And so it's like you can play it in your head without having to look at it because you already know what's going on on screen and you can just work. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so easily distracted that I can't have anything on. Oh, are you just like just quiet just all the time? I generally have silence i will listen to podcasts a lot of times but if i see something 
visual even if i sometimes i'll put on movies that i've seen a million times like spinal tap or whatever but i will get distracted by it so it has to be audio usually so podcasts are good but even that sometimes i get distracted by where i'll start thinking about it i'm kind of out of the vibe of the drawing Mm. but sometimes i'll just listen to soundtracks or whatever and those are okay but even Mm -hmm. then i I don't know i'm just so distracted soundtracks are good it depends on like i try to find soundtracks that equate to what it is that I'm drawing or at least like the mood or the feeling so okay I'm doing a hero scene a hero thing I'm listening to something sad something sad but sometimes even then it's like all right this is a little too intense yeah I do video game soundtracks Mm -hmm. because I've heard that like they're designed to keep you engaged but not distracted oh that's cool yeah Yeah, that's a good tip Mm -hmm. like uh, Breath of the Wild and Animal Crossing it's like so nice it yeah. seems nice. <laughs> I just picture yeah. you guys across it. Yeah. It's so friendly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're in the good mood just drawing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can do this. <laughs> that's impressive, though. The, I don't know why. That's kind of hard to do, like, to draw with nothing. I mean, at least, like, I can not have sound if it's, like, I really, really need to focus. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I just feel like after a while, it's like, oh, it's really quiet. Yeah. It's so quiet. You know, that's probably why that's, I that's like good. go insane. <laughs> no, I think that's good though. I mean, what I think that's cool. You're able to retain that level of yeah. focus. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm one of those people that will turn into a hermit, you know, because I just get so involved in the work or whatever, and I don't want to go out, and I just am in the in my apartment for weeks on end. So yeah, that's not good. What's the longest you've ever stayed in your apartment without any mm. kind of interaction? Well, probably like two weeks or something. I usually get out at least once a week because, you know, I have a family dinner or whatever on Sunday. So I will definitely go out for that. And sometimes, like most weeks on Fridays, I go out with my brother-in-law and we go see a movie or whatever. But, you know, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> You know, just spending all the time in front of my computer or whatever. Yeah. But I've been trying to be more social and go out with friends and stuff. That's good. Yeah. What about you, Todd? Uh, I think the most I can think of is, like, maybe a week. But I'm pretty good at, like, I'm pretty good at, like, just, like, just being like, no, I can't. Like, I can't do this for 15 hours and, like, going to sleep and then waking up and be like, all right, here's another 15 hours of work. Okay. Like, I just, yeah, I just, uh, I feel like I'm more productive if I just, like, do like a like eight to eight to six or like a nine to six or something like that and just if I hard cut off you know I'm not like overworked or overstressed so I just come back the next day and kind of finish it sounds good yeah, yeah sometimes you start dreaming about it yeah oh, and that oh. sucks when you you're like okay I'm gonna get some rest and then you're just dreaming about doing the work and it's like oh man even in my dreams I'm still working. Yeah. can't be good. I've, I've, oh my God. I had a stress dream like that with a delivery on like an episode. Uh-huh. And my project manager came to me and she's like, oh my God, all the, all the drawings are done in the wrong line. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? Like, it's all the brush. We need it to be uh, the pencil tool. I'm like, oh. so we have to go, I'm like, I have to go do all these things in the pencil tool. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, when's it due? It's like Friday. And it was like a Wednesday or something like that. So, like, I'm just, like, scrambling, and like, everyone's sick or something like that. It was, like, it was, like, an actual, like, like everyone was sick, and, like, we're kind of, like, running a little, like, short or something like that. So, like, I woke up, 
And I'm like, God, that was awful. Yeah. But it was like a Groundhog's Day thing where I went to work and I was like, oh my God, like everything was done wrong. And like, I'm like what's what's going on? And then like, everything was done in the brush tool. Like, we need in the pencils. So like, I'm doing the same thing over and over again in a dream. Oh, no. Yeah, so it was the same repeating dream over and over again, but I just couldn't escape it. <laughs> oh, God, it's awful. You were like incepted or something yeah. in your own brain. Yeah, so like... A, but it played out like a regular day, so like when I woke up for real, I was just like, "Is this real?" Yeah, it's like paranoid, like a cat, like with his fur out. It's like, yeah. okay, like I'm gonna get to work, and like I'm expecting this conversation. It didn't happen. They're just like, "Oh, we need stuff for delivery," and I was just like, <laughs> "Like, oh my god, like just trauma from my own oh, dream." Yeah. Just, You're waiting for them to come. Yeah. I was like, "This is wrong." You're like, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> my brother was trying to warn me not to come here. So yeah, yeah, it's so messed up. It's like, why are you doing this to me, brain? Why yeah. are you like yeah. trying to mess with yeah. me? That's the worst. The worst is dreams, and the worst is dreams. No, the worst <laughs> is dreams, and then you have another dream where you wake up and you realize you're still in the dream. Yeah, and you're like, it's this nightmare scenario. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's not good when you. I've had dreams like that. You start having dreams about meetings, mm-hmm. yeah. like meetings oh, and yeah. projects and things that are due, and then you wake up and you're like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is this happening? <laughs> yeah. Horrible. Yeah. So make sure to get outside and yeah. exercise and mm-hmm. drink and eat healthy food and sleep, you guys, so that you don't have dreams about Project Headlines. Yeah, or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or hunchbacks. Hunchbacks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, uh, you know, taxes and healthcare. Actually, we didn't touch on that, which I meant to ask you guys earlier. Healthcare. So, how did you guys figure out all of that? Because there's all these different plans now. And things. Do you get some kind of tax write-off since you're freelancers for healthcare, or like how does that work for you guys? I have a healthcare thing through the union. Okay. Mm. Other than that, it was just like, what was it Covered California? Mm-hmm. I have a lot of, a lot of cool stuff there. It's okay. Pretty affordable. Yeah, that's what I do. Covered California, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. especially when, you know, your income isn't super high. There's a lot of great plans on there that you can get yeah. stuff done or checked out for a minimal cost. Okay. So, yeah, if you're a freelancer, definitely look into those plans. Okay. I'm really glad that I did the Covered California thing when I it's like when I came out here. Like, I hadn't had health insurance, so I had Covered California. And before my union insurance kicked in, I had a leak in my apartment. And when I went to go use my restroom... Apparently, like, I slipped, and I hit my face on the tub. Oh! So, I woke up, like, just with blood everywhere, and, like, wow. I was like, oh, uh, something happened. So, like, I, like, run out into, like, my apartment, like, checking everything. I'm like, well, my TV and everything, like, valuable is still here, so I wasn't attacked. And then, like, I look at my bathroom, and, like, the tub's leaking, or the, the, the bathroom's leaking. So, I'm like, oh, so I slipped and hit my face. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, I should probably go to the hospital since I blacked out. <laughs> But I was just thinking, like, oh, my God, like, what's my bill going to be? But I had the insurance, so, yeah, I was covered. But, yeah, it was just a random freak thing that happened. Uh, and you don't remember No, like, I just slipping. You just woke up in blood and thought that you just yeah. robbed. Yeah, I just, like, wow. yeah, I woke up, like, in the middle of the night to use the restroom, but, like, I don't remember it because I just woke up, like, with all this blood. I'm like, oh, what the hell happened? Jeez. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's like a horror movie. Yeah. I'm sorry happened to you i'm glad that you had insurance everybody yeah. please get insurance yeah, yeah. everyone get insurance so please important. oh yeah. gosh yeah. yeah yeah that was a that was a weird one 
I hope everything I said like helped. No, or... it's 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 really good. Well, that's why we wanted to talk about it because it's mm. things that we've mentioned freelancing several times in other episodes because a lot of the guests that we've had have freelanced. But that's the reason why we're doing this mini series is we just wanted to specifically talk about a topic so we could get more in depth. And freelancing is a thing that honestly, most people I've met in the industry have had at least one freelance job for someone. And in a lot of people, that is their bread and butter, is freelance. And so we just want to help you guys just navigate yeah. that so that you can mm -hmm. find good clients and good jobs and get paid, you know, a really good wage that you deserve and have health care and have insurance and have all of these things and not become hermits forever. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. One last tip, mm -hmm. and I have probably mentioned this on other podcasts we've done. But learn everything you can. Learn mm -hmm. every program you can. Learn all the Adobe Creative Suite because you can charge extra for that stuff. Because yep. they're always not just needing an illustration or an animation. Mm -hmm. They need someone to edit the sound. They yep. need someone to, with Audition or whatever, they need someone who knows Premiere so they can edit everything together. They need someone who knows all these programs. And those are just pluses you can add to your invoice. Like, well... Yep. You know, I did this and this and this. And, you know, you want to be the one-stop shop for them. So learn those programs. You can also get certification for that. Mm -hmm. And then you can charge more because you can actually, because that's a legit thing from Adobe and a lot of these other places is I am a certified person in this. Right. Oh, so wow. you can charge more. And then that. also you could potentially teach too. Because there's a lot of people out there that, you know, teach on, like, Skillshare and different things like yeah. that. So you can teach other people how to learn these things. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about that. Mm -hmm. I might look into that. Yeah, I have a friend, actually, she's getting certified in a Tune Boom right now. Oh. So, yeah, so that's a thing. So okay. make sure to look into that. Just learn everything. Yeah, learn everything. Yeah. Um, I want to figure out a way to bring this up. I'm glad you said that because mm -hmm. uh, I think early on, like, learning... Uh, Learning how to draw, I think they said, like, don't go into 2D, like, don't go into, like, Flash, like, everything's 3D, 3D is the future. And then Farmville dropped. So there was a big Facebook boom of, like, Flash games. So everyone was looking for Flash animators, and a lot of people just kind of shed on, uh, spat on uh, Flash. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been hearing that 2D is dead since before I went to school. Yeah. I went to school mm -hmm. in 2011. And I keep meeting people that primarily make their living through 2D. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, they're doing Flash, they're using Toon Boom Harmony, mm -hmm. they're doing traditional work. There is work, mm -hmm. it's just the thing of it's not necessarily people just knocking on your door saying, here's a job. It's if you have the skill and you go out and you look for it and you showcase it, you can get it. Yeah. But it's not just going to fall in your lap. Yeah, that's yeah. very but true. But if it ever does, tell us, because we want to hear from you <laughs> yeah. and how you're the magical person having this happen to you. It's like, be prepared, because you just never know. Mm -hmm. You know, like, HD games are really big, and everyone's going to HD, and then Minecraft dropped. Mm -hmm. And everyone went crazy for Minecraft. Mm -hmm. you know, same thing with Flash games, and, like, it's like anime. I feel like everyone, like, just, everyone I went to school, like, with like the teachers were just like no anime that was 
actually none of that. Kind of yeah. Cool. And now that's like now it's like everyone wants mm-hmm. anime. Like, can yeah. you draw an anime? And it's like mm-hmm. everyone that didn't listen to their teachers, like they they're prepared. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> saying, can you do anime? Can you draw in a cinematic style? Which is basically just code for can you make it? Can you make the camera move like a live action show, like mm-hmm. a live action you know action adventure movie, but for this cartoon? Yeah. And if you can, we have jobs for you. Right. Yeah. So just learn everything. Learn everything. <laughs> learn everything. Just know everything. Just You'll know be everything. fine. <laughs> oh God. Take one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. So pick the program either that you like the most or that you know the least. And you can already foresee that there are jobs in that and learn that one first and then build off of that. I wouldn't recommend, I'm going to learn everything in a month. I mean, if you can, good for you, but yeah. I think that'll just cause a lot of stress. Oh, yeah. Yeah, explore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Todd, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I think it's just twitter.com slash Todd Favela. And I have my work on toddfavela.com. Excellent. So, yeah. thank you again for being a wonderful returning guest. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And that concludes our episode with Todd Favela. Special thanks to Todd for being an amazing guest. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave a five-star review in iTunes. All of your reviews help more and more people to find out about the show. And you can also support the show by visiting www.theanimatedjourney.com and leaving a donation for us via PayPal. And you can also listen to the show on Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio, which we're very excited about. And to see what else is going on in the world of animation, make sure to check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash theanimatedjourney. On Tumblr, the site is theanimatedjourney.tumblr.com. And on Instagram and Twitter, the handle is at animjourney. And Jeff, where can people find you? People can find me at jeffbot.com. They can also find me on Instagram at shootzee, S-H-O-O-T-Z-E-E, and on Twitter at jeffbot, J-E-F-B-O-T. And where can people find you? They can find me on my website at www.sketchysoul.com, and on Tumblr at sketchysoul.tumblr.com, and on Instagram at sketchysoul. So tune in next time for another great episode. And until then, be encouraged and have a great day, everybody.